and welcome to Apodcalypse. I'm Katie Hannigan. I'm the host of the show. You may remember me from being the host every week so far, <laughs> taking you through the end of the world like a champion with style and with a verve, if I can say. Sure, I, yes. Yeah, thank you, Gabby. You're welcome. We got Gabby over here. Gabby's our end of day's prophet. Hello. What's up? Yes. What's up, Gabby? How are you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling alive in this bunker. Um, my rash cleared, so I'm thriving. Yeah. The rash has cleared up on its own, thank God. Yeah. You know, because we didn't want to eat you with bumps. No, <laughs> that that's been, not good. <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, Gabby, have you, did you get fucked up recently? That's kind of your runner on the show. You're always that's getting true. drunk in the bunker. I'm always drinking the rations. <laughs> um, no, I'm actually, uh, I haven't drank in a week and I'm feeling uh, disoriented. So I wow. might just dip back in tonight. Thank dip you. Dip back into the moonshine. We made a little bathtub gin. We don't have a bathtub. It's more of a bucket, mm-hmm. but it's a tub to us. But I put my whole head in it and it's fun for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Mike back this week. Mike, you were on a journey away. You left the bunker to get supplies, came (laughs) empty-handed. Well, you didn't say I had to bring them back. And that was the big thing. I got a bunch of snacks and I ate them on the way. So now I'm full. Yeah, which you, are, which well. Are, which I think is nice. Uh, yeah, it's nice for you. <laughs> yeah. We're, here we are starving with our bathtub crops that we've been working on. Mm-hmm. But we're glad to have you back, buddy. It's we, great to be here. We had Case um, Rosso, and he was really getting into the bunker um, alcohol if yeah. you guys will remember on the last episode, yep. he was he was really scandalized by our how to uh, DIY birthing guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're glad to have you back, yeah. buddy. That's the that's the best part about me being in the bunker. I don't I don't touch the alcohol. You never touch the alcohol, and you true. never you're never scandalized by the birthing talk. Oh no! I mean, I would like to have no more births. Period. <laughs> but that's my personal stance. Oh, yeah, we know that. We know that. Come on, we all know. That. And we have our special guest today. It's um, Thomas Whitfield. Did I say your last name right? You did. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Um, thank you for so much for joining us in the bunker. Um, we're living here in a post-apocalyptic society, mm-hmm. and um, of course, you've you've heard the podcast, and we're thrilled to have you because you um, have a background in sexual wellness, sexual health, and we want to talk to you a little bit about um, today like the STD apocalypse, you know, is it likely that we could get into a, you know, an STD pandemic scenario and what are the things we need to watch out for? Because we did do a, an antibiotic resistant episode. So we've kind of dipped into that a little bit, but, um, you know, we've got the, uh, super gonorrhea on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Mike has it. He came back with it. I believe it. Who's to say if it is or is not super. <laughs> that is my yeah, stance. It, yeah, it's not super. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of per- shitty. It's yeah. perfectly acceptable gonorrhea. That's the one There's that I There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I, out of everybody, Mike, you get around the most in this uh, dystopia. All right. Well, thank you. You fucked I everybody will, in this bunker. Well, I, w- I will take that as a compliment. And I would like to just say I am an ally and it was all with consent. So <laughs> thank you. That's true. That is true. You got, is it okay if I give you gonorrhea? Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, okay. Is it super? May may I give you gonorrhea? (laughs) I was raised correctly. It's very very sexy of you. Thank you. So, Tommy, tell us a little bit about your background as a health and wellness educator. Sure. So, I am a PhD student, uh, health psychology, clinical science. The vast majority of my research has been on on sexual health, mostly HIV prevention, Um, I teach uh, psychology of human sexual behavior at a college here in New York. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Shit They Won't Tell You in Sex Ed. I have a sex love (laughs) advice column. Um, A lot of stuff just back to 
sex actually yeah. just sex sex Bringing sex it back to all the sex. time sex 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 um, and a yeah, big focus yeah. on like stis and hiv and like the some of the negative consequences that can come of sex yeah and i think it's so important too because like we were talking on, on our last episode when we had we had a christine mehan new mother here mm-hmm. and um we were talking about you know in the post-apocalyptic world people will be getting it on okay yeah, so fucking. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's important to throw a couple condoms in the go bag so you don't have to you know pop out a baby while you're on the run from cannibals yeah um and it's also important you know um to look at someone's dick before you put it inside you just check it always you know? make eye contact and then say yes yeah have you been tested yeah to the dick look yeah to it. the dick yeah look, <laughs> look in the hole smell look it. in the hole Make yeah sure oh smell it okay. really you smell it no i mean oh, I, was like, I was like is this what you're teaching yes. <laughs> you waft it you yeah. waft it if i got a if i got a woman pregnant in the apocalypse i would walk head first into those cannibals <laughs> you go right in <laughs> i'm like i'm out of here <laughs> talk about gone. a deadbeat dad yeah. he's literally dead <laughs> <laughs> i would hope they gave my my child uh, just like one of my like a femur bone <laughs> so here's your father's bone yeah it was do a little spoon out of it yeah, for the baby yeah, like your silver spoon that's cute that's pretty nice huh yeah well let's talk a little bit about let's let's kick it off with um the super gonorrhea can you tell us a little bit about i mean from we we touched on this a couple episodes ago but from what i understand there has been uh you know we've gonorrhea has been around forever it's one of the big ones and basically it's been slowly becoming antibiotic resistant since the 70s uh let's see it looks like there's about 800,000 new gonorrhea infections a year but only half of them are symptomatic so that's one reason why it's like you know it's important to get tested periodically right because you might have it you know in the 80s they stopped uh, it became resistant to penicillin and tetracycline 90s to 2007 it was um the fluorokinolones Am I saying that right? Now they use the cephalosporins, um, but it, it's actually only treatable right now. They have to use two different methods of antibiotics. One is a shot and one you take um, orally. Um, and that's the only way that they can even treat it now. And it's like there's already been one case that was the guy in England who now he just has super gonorrhea. And it's just like, whoops, you know, sorry about that. Taking it orally is kind of how we got into this whole situation in the first place. Yeah. No, <laughs> don't, do not shake my hand. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Ew, all right, Mike tried to touch Gabby and she smacked him down. I tried to shake her hand to congratulate myself on a good joke. Yeah, you did not ask for consent for that handshake. <laughs> I denied. <laughs> so, Tommy, what do you think? What do we need to watch out for super gonorrhea? So, the thing about bacterial STIs is that people generally will just like pee into a cup or maybe get something swabbed and then they think they're good if it comes back negative. negative. But you should ask actually get your throat swabbed and your butt because it's not all like you can have it in one place and not another place uh-huh. so if you're just peeing into a cup and getting tested you could still have it in your throat or in your butt okay. so pretty much anywhere that Whoa. you're like putting someone else's genitals you can actually get a bacterial sti i'll get a full body swab mike is rolling in it um, <laughs> And like the the medication resistant gonorrhea has been, you know, it's coming up like it's been around. The thing is, is that there are very few cases where the medication won't work at all. So what will happen is you'll like go in, test positive for gonorrhea, get treated with the injectable and the pills. Mm -hmm. And then you have to come back and get tested again. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then if it's still positive, then they give you the medication again. And then it generally goes away. But a lot of places like don't tell people you need to come back and get checked again. Oh, so, and then they, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And um, yeah, 
yeah, pretty much it just gets worse and worse and it can be asymptomatic. So people may not even know that they still have it and you can continue to be <sighs> giving around. it to people. Yeah, you know, you're just slutting around like, you know, you're doing your business. That's what I always think is like so wild about that STD, you know, how you're, you're passing it, but you, you know, who, of course, nobody's going around like, oh yeah, well, my pussy's burning, but I just figured I would fuck Phil. You know, it's like, they don't, <laughs> you don't have <laughs> symptoms and that's what, the whole problem is. And I, I would also argue that there probably are people that are like, oh, my pussy's burning, but would still go and have sex with people because <laughs> there's like so much yeah. stigma. Oh, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of, there is a ton of stigma, especially with like, you know, sometimes your vagina is just burning because it's, you know, it's, it's a bad vage day. Because someone, someone's talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can sense it. It's like yeah. your ears ringing. For yeah, sure. it's like when your ears are burning when your pussy's burning. Yeah. You're like, oh, I just thought someone was, I didn't realize I had gonorrhea. I just thought someone was constantly <laughs> talking about my pussy (laughs) which is why i kept fucking (laughs) i love that i love a confused patient x for the sti (laughs) pandemic like uh, imagine two of you're like someone that's not very sexually experienced you like don't really know what things are supposed to feel like or what's supposed to be going on yeah so like if you like say you got gonorrhea or syphilis or something the first time that you had sex like you may not even notice right away that that something is off yeah. And with with a lot of the way that like sex, sex education is taught now, there's so much like shame and stigma put on it that then if someone does think that they have something like they're not even going to go and get it treated because they don't want to be someone that has had something. So they would rather just ignore it. Yeah. And then <sighs> boom, we're in the grips of a STI pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. What is the likelihood because we we when we did a pandemic episode when we did ebola with raj we were talking about like what's the likelihood that ebola can mutate and become you know airborne you know like what's the likelihood do you think that one of these like stds stis um could um mutate and like wipe out humanity is it is it a possible scenario or is it more likely that it will just like continue to be endemic um, I, th- I do think that it is possible. I think that there are a lot of things that would have to happen, but like any other major disease that could just kill people, I do think that it's possible for things to continue to mutate. I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be like gonorrhea, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, HIV continuing to mutate, like yeah. that is something where that could potentially happen. So I highly doubt that it would be gonorrhea that came back and just like killed everyone. Yeah. Um, that would probably be something that maybe people would just uh, continue to carry for longer amounts of time and continue to pass kind of like HPV now. Yeah. Like everyone has HPV what? for the most part. <laughs> yes. Everyone me. has it. <laughs> so it's not that bad. <laughs> yes. Okay. You have given it to everyone in yeah. the bunker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone has it. And by everyone, I mean this whole bunker. I thought it, uh-huh. I thought it was like a friendship bracelet. <laughs> I thought it'd be nice if we all had matching <laughs> HPVs. This is our identity. Now we're yeah. the warts bunker. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> not everybody gets warts from it. It, just, it depends on the strain, right? That is correct. And depending on the strain, you know, it could look like a friendship bracelet around your cock. Okay. I'm into body modifications. So I'm into crafts. Yeah. Yeah. Jewelry. It's jewelry. It's jewelry. It's a cock ring. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good to know. I mean, because if, you know, hypothetically, if we were in some kind of like pandemic scenario that was just caused by having sex, then all you have to do is not 
have sex, but you know, that's not a way to live. And and you could consider that its own form of apocalypse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just like oh, everyone's a virgin now because we're terrified. I mean, that's a real dystopia I'd love to dive into. Mm-hmm. Well, and we saw in the beginning of the HIV epidemic that like that didn't stop people from having sex. Right. Like, and which is something that I think is kind of scary about sex with an apocalypse scenario is like people are not going to stop fucking. I'm not going to stop. Like, I will not. Yeah, that I guarantee that if it, if it was something like like gonorrhea, people would be like, mm, well, I bet they don't have it. It's probably fine. Well, especially if it's asymptomatic. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, you know, the, you always are like, oh, have you been tested? But then like the person's like, yeah, no, but I'm fine. It's like, well, that's never stopped anybody. It was like, you know, show me the documents. Right. Or you can just lie. Yeah, you could also just lie. You'd be like, yes. I also don't have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's that? My hey, roommate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, I care about you. You know, like lies. Yeah. <laughs> you would be surprised by the number of people that I talk to that I do clinical work with, so like therapy with, that will say things like, oh, they didn't look like they had anything. So, I mean, people do still say that all the time and kind of have those thoughts of like, oh, they would have, I didn't need to ask they would have told me or they looked like they didn't have anything. You want to trust the person that you're letting inside your body. Do you mean they, they didn't look like it, like in their face, do you mean? Uh, <laughs> or like, or, or they were like looking at their penis. This I, is great because, you know, Tanner <laughs> hasn't had sex yet and he's about, he's going to. Tanner's six. He's turning seven. He's turning okay. seven and we don't want him to be scared of procreating because yeah, it's natural. We think that we're the last people on earth. No, yeah. wait real quick. You're supposed to trust the people you have sex with. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> I gotta change my whole life. <laughs> I like to think like the past two weeks, you've just been like with a commune of Amazonian women, it's, future, uh, future be, Amazons. To be honest, not far off <laughs> from what I've been doing. I love it. So, yes, back to what we were saying. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, right, people are going to continue to have sex. Let's talk a little bit about the um, HIV epidemic that, you know, started in 1981. Um, that was when it very first, you know, kind of came on the scene. I watched a great documentary uh how to survive a plague yep which i uh, originally got started on it because i was like oh i love plagues you know and then i was like oh it's a real one you know kind of a downer kind of a downer but what i loved in that documentary was how basically because the gay community was so stigmatized um they were like having to come up with their own like ways to cure you know the trial and error was like a whole kind of dallas buyers club scenario Mm -hmm. and um um, and uh, meanwhile, like the administration, you know, uh, Nancy Reagan, you know, like ignoring everything and they're kind of really left to their own resources and they kind of had to like scrap and try to do whatever to keep their community from dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Tommy, tell us what you know about the, this early days of the AIDS sure. epidemic. Um, the first thing that actually comes to mind for me with what you just said is how the, the white house was not acknowledging it at all. Yeah. So people were dying of AIDS and people People were taking like their loved ones ashes to the White House and pouring them on the White House lawn over the fence. Yeah. Because they were just refusing to acknowledge that it was going on Mm -hmm. at all. Wow. I mean, you really can't trust the government, you know, like you want to think that, you know, I feel like we've talked about this before, too, where we're like, oh, if there is an apocalyptic scenario, there's definitely, you know, it's going to be on the news. But it's just like time and again, you see where, you know, they're just basically ignoring the AIDS crisis. And when did they officially acknowledge it? Do you know? 
Uh, I mean, not for years. It was definitely mid 80s. I don't know the exact point that they had acknowledged it. I believe that it was around like 84 because at that point there had been um, over 3000 people diagnosed and over 1200 people had died. Yeah. So that was almost to a point where it was like, you have to fucking say something. Mm -hmm. The the AIDS epidemic is so scary because like even in that first year in 1981, it's just like all of a sudden it like in a movie, like in a pandemic movie, like people are showing up at a hospital dying with a mysterious disease. By the end of 1981, over a- almost 300 people had like shown up at a hospital with all these different like mystery illnesses and just like died there in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is so terrifying and scary. And then it's like this race against time to try to figure out what's going on. And and like another part of it that you don't even hear so much about that. So, I mean, along with that going on and people dying, there were a lot of issues that were just sad as well. So at that time, like gay couples had no rights. They were not seen as family. You couldn't get married. So, um, you know, there are a lot of gay people that had been rejected from their families mm-hmm. to become positive and then go to the hospital and no one was even allowed to visit them because they weren't family. So they were dying by themselves in hospitals oh and then the God. hospitals wouldn't release their bodies to their partners. So the bodies went unclaimed because the families didn't want them. So gay people were literally being thrown into dumpsters when they would oh, die. Oh, that's terrible which is like it's uh with a lot of the political stuff that's going on now like you might get into an argument with someone and they're like oh it's not gonna be handmaid's tale but you're like well this is stuff that's already happened so how are you telling me that it's not gonna get there like okay so we're talking about like people not serving a cake to gay people right now i'm totally getting off topic i'm going on a rant no no please cake is important right like we're you know we're not gonna serve cake to gay people but like it's just gonna stop there well actually history has shown that like it's not gonna fucking stop there well one thing that we we did an episode on the handmaid's tale and one thing that yep. really stuck with me to call back to what marcia said she said you know like the handmaid's tale is you know it's not um an apocalypse but it is a dystopian future which is like an important little like trail that we like to go down mm-hmm. and she said you know i feel like in society we've lived through all these different weird dystopias and that kind of brought that to mind when you're saying you know these um this gay community is living through this um epidemic where they're not getting help and they're also being totally dehumanized you know what what a bizarre dystopia to live through that was really only a few years before i was born but you know now we are so kind of like um out of touch with the fact that that could be a reality at any time you know so it's like imagine uh, you know uh, an illness that came up that affected only trans people there's so much transphobia in the country i could see you know like with the bathrooms and everything that we had like you know what a few years ago and it never really got like resolved you know just people just kind of stopped talking about it so it's like we could yeah i could see us going down that path again yeah and it really wasn't until uh until hiv started to infect other communities that people started to pay attention to it more because when it first came out it was great so it was gay related immunodeficiency or gay related immunodeficiency something like that um but it wasn't until it started to affect women and other um and other nationalities and races that people were like oh we need to pay more attention to this yeah and the um the blood transfusions also Mm -hmm. well aids is 
something that um, hits really close to my heart because when I was 15, I gave a blowjob for the first time. Shout out to Shane. Um, <laughs> what's, his, what's his last name? Um, it's Bleep. <laughs> and I, I had, um, I was like scared that I had AIDS because I think, I think now in my mind, what had happened was I went to a Catholic school and st- sex was stigmatized, and you know it was kind of considered this like unclean thing, and so naturally, like when I had like my first sexual experience, um, I, you know, I didn't even swallow. It was like a four second blow job. It was kind of, you know, in and out, you know, one of those. Sure. I had to go. Yeah. To go. To go. Um, yeah, it was just a little kiss on the pee pee. And, and I thought (laughs) just a little smooch. I thought that I had AIDS and it's like, why, you know, of course I was an anxious child, but there is, I know (laughs) you, I know they called me jitters Hannigan, Um, (laughs) but there is like such a sexual stigma, you know, put upon people and, uh, and associated with that particular illness where it's like, Oh my God, if you, you can't have sex until marriage. And if you do like all is lost. I mean, the first time I hooked up with anyone, I was 14 and I got a blowjob from a girl and then her period was late and I was sure that I was going to be, I was like, like, I don't even think I, I don't even think I came and I was like, she is fucking pregnant. My life is over. Like, what am I going to do? And then she talked to one of her mom's friends and her mom's friend was like, "Mm, I think you're fine. I swallowed a sperm. (laughs) One one can come out. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Now, had you had any sexual education at your school at that time? Uh, not really. I remember in fifth grade, we watched some videos where like cartoon characters were moving around and maybe one had an erection. And I like, yeah. no, I've yeah, seen a lot so of cartoons no. like that. Right. <laughs> it wasn't family. Mike yeah. watches only anime porn. <laughs> well, that would, that's very on brand for you because you're vegan. You're like, protect wait, the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Oh, no. Yeah. Because you don't eat cheese. So you obviously <laughs> watch uh, the Simpsons fuck each other. <laughs> no harm. It's no yeah. harm. It's no harm. <laughs> Um, yeah, what made you want to go into sex ed? Yeah, so I was doing my undergrad, and I was like, I want to get an advanced degree in psychology. I need to get an internship. So I started looking at labs that were around my school, and there was a lab that had tons to do with sex. And I was like, I like sex, sex and yeah. psychology. Sex Let's see fun. what happens. Yeah. So I started researching it, and I literally just sort of like tripped and fell into it. Oh, that's mm. so interesting. Yeah. That's, you know, like when someone is like pregnant and it's like, well, what happened? He didn't trip and fall. <laughs> that's you got impregnated with mm-hmm. the love of sexual wellness yeah. and wow. spreading, spreading it. Um, now, <laughs> I don't want to get too off topic about AIDS because um, I want to go back. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever had any STDs, by the way? I've actually never had. I have HPV. You have HPV? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had one that I know of. I did have a UTI once w- here during the podcast. Yeah, I've had many of those. They're just, they're not, not anything. not an STD, yeah, but no. you get it from having sex sometimes. I've been the administrator yes. of uh, a few UTIs. <laughs> <laughs> it's from poop going in the, the um, pee hole. Um, anyway, so what, what I wanted to ask about HIV, though, is um, we did an episode a, a bit a bit back about the Spanish influenza, which was a huge pandemic. And this was like probably the worst pandemic that we've ever seen in the history in, in modern history. Fifty million people were killed. Um, and there was some delightful conspiracies that the government had actually set, you know, put it in place to kind of thin the herd. And when I was doing some research on, you know, these early days of the AIDS crisis, um, 
uh, I was stumbling upon some similar theories that people have said, like, this is a government, um, an instrument of the government to wipe out the gay community. And then I did also find some other stuff that said uh, that this was uh, propaganda, you know, Russian propaganda. Um, But what are any thoughts on that? Well, so there have been 35 million people that have died of an AIDS related illness. Wow. Um, And and not everyone will necessarily understand what that means. But what happens is like HIV infects your body. It attacks your CD4, your T cells, which are the cells in your body that fight off infection. So uh, there are multiple stages to HIV. But when you get below 200 um, millimeter liter, whatever, very tiny dots um, with <laughs> each like milliliter of blood or whatever, um, you are diagnosed as having AIDS. So like basically your body cannot fight other diseases. Um, I forget what you just asked me. However, there, so there have been a ton of people that, Oh, sorry. So an AIDS related, uh, death. So someone will like actually get pneumonia and die of pneumonia, but they will die because they had AIDS and they were not able to fight off pneumonia. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so 35 million people, have died and there are considered to be another I think 37 million worldwide that are currently wow. infected. So so it is a pandemic then. You would consider it a pandemic because an epidemic is with like more localized and a pandemic is a, you know an illness on a global scale. So, I didn't realize that the numbers were that high. I mean that's really startling. Yeah, so like in Africa it's a pandemic in the United States it's an, it's an epidemic. I see. So it has to yeah. do with like the region or the mm-hmm. amount of people per I think it's like per square mm-hmm. whatever amount of land how many people have it within that that particular area well we're so lucky that we you know live in a developed world and we're we have access to medicine i mean you know of course we all remember this guy martin screlly the wall street bro who that's this is the guy who you know first of all he looked great um <laughs> he is my best friend so tread lightly yeah. martin screlly is my you best know friend. I could see you're like, yeah, we went to, you know, we grew up on Long Island. Yeah, yeah. We went to a boys school yeah. to finishing school and he finished me. Um, <laughs> I would love to have finished school. <laughs> that would be a big thing for me. Um, he was the guy who bought the rights to the AIDS medicine and he started jacking it up. And, you know, right. he's now in prison because obviously he, he was also doing some other nefarious bullshit. But I mean, there that's a kind of like apocalyptic scenario where for whatever reason, we don't have access to the medicine that people desperately need. Um, and, and not only are people just transmitting it more, but you know, now they, they have no access to the medicine and boom, all of a sudden we're, that's what's going on in Africa. Mm-hmm. So we're only, we're not like too far away from that now. Yeah. And the thing is, is here in the United States, people are not dying of it. Like the medication is so good now that you can actually become what's called undetectable. Mm-hmm. So if you continue to take your medication, the, um, the viral count can get so low that it's not detectable by like a standard blood test. And you can actually not even transmit it to other people. Wow. So if you continually take your medication every single day, you can't even transmit it to other people because it becomes so suppressed in your body. That's so wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, we have taken huge, huge leaps, but there's still no cure. There's also like daily vaccines. Well, I would call it a daily vaccine, oh, but like, like daily preventative yeah. care. The like prep, prep. Prep. Yeah. 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 So like pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a pill that when you're HIV negative, you take it once a day and it stops you from becoming positive. Yeah. 
Now, so the person who is on the medication who's undetectable, they that's once they don't have the medication, then it's going back into I, I mean, is it is it appropriate to say full blown AIDS or is that like a weird cliche that we don't say anymore? I'm, I'm trying to be PC, but I mean, is that kind of like what the scenario is? Um, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, if you stop taking your medication, you are like the virus is going to continue to yeah. grow okay. and spread throughout your body. So then, you know, your your viral lo- your viral load will get higher. Yeah. So what I was reading about, um, no, did you have any thoughts about the conspiracy theory, though, to go back to that? Um, about the government I mean, so conspiracy there, theory? Um, I mean, it's totally possible. So I know that we're, we're going to get into some other government stuff. So, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's I don't I haven't read anything that I would say is substantial enough to say that this is absolutely what happened and the government is behind it. But it would not shock me to find out that the government is behind it in one way or another, Mm -hmm, which it could mm -hmm. be to control gay people. It could be to control um, people that are different races like HIV is huge within the African-American community in the United Mm -hmm, States. mm -hmm. Like uh, they make up over 50 percent of new diagnoses. Wow. Well, under 50 percent of the population. Wow. So even, uh, you know, gay men make up about arguably two to four percent of the population, but make up like 90 percent of new HIV diagnoses. Yeah. So like we see that it affects different populations differently. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, now, to get into something that I just saw, which is kind of scary, um, which is the PrEP, um, the PrEP people are taking it now, but this has fostered the antibiotic resistant HIV strain. Uh, is that correct? So there there are multiple things. So that has contributed, but there are actually multiple things. So when you're taking this highly effective HIV medication, when you're positive, if you miss doses, like HIV will replicate like crazy and oh, it will gosh. change. Oh, so scary. if you, yeah. So like if sometimes I work with people on medication adherence, because mm-hmm. if you are taking a certain type of medication and then take like a medication vacation for a week, uh, that medication, like the virus may have mutated mm-hmm. To be resistant to that type of medication. So then you have to take a different medication. Yeah. So people Whoa. can be continually kind of like going back and forth, trying to find the one that works the best for them. So, uh, so you can, so it can be created that way as well. So you can then have a strain that is resistant to certain types of medication and pass that strain on to other people. Now, specifically with PrEP, uh, so you're negative, you take PrEP. Um, if you miss doses, it is possible to zero convert. So go from HIV negative to HIV positive. Oh, God. But, but it's what not, a nightmare. Right. Wait. But it's not if you miss one dose. It's that you have to miss um, four doses or more mm-hmm. in a week. So you have to be really bad at taking your medication. And you also have yeah. to be having unprotected sex with somebody who's HIV with positive. With someone who is HIV positive. Okay. And it's not like if you're HIV negative and have unprotected sex or condomless sex with someone who's positive, that like you're absolutely going to become positive. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. you could have sex with someone that has gonorrhea or syphilis and not necessarily catch it. Um, See? <laughs> no, you gave it to all of us. Stop it. We are riddled. Okay, I'm just saying. We're all burning. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not that bad. <laughs> They're being cowards about it. So um, so if you're missing doses, that can also produce, um, because PrEP is made 
up of HIV medications, it can make it resistant to those medications. Okay. So so that is, that is absolutely possible. It can be a contributing factor. And so does that necessarily mean that there's like an antibiotic resistant strain of HIV that's going around? So it's like, could you, instead of getting regular HIV, um, uh, you get jumbo you know, uh, to use jumbo. A, kind of right. a convenience store yeah, 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 analogy yeah. here. Jumbo HIV. For yeah. sure. But it actually you do get a free hot dog <laughs> with the jumbo HIV. I got AIDS it. and all I got was a hot dog, <laughs> which is ironically how I got the AIDS. <laughs> all right, congratulations. Um, no, no. So I, I mentioned like the stages before and going from like stage one to two to eventually be di- being diagnosed with AIDS. So that to go from stage one to stage two can take years. Okay. Like it can take years. However, there have been strains of HIV that have been more, um, uh, virulent. Is that maybe, I don't, I'm not sure, but I like the word. I think I, I like made it up. It Maleficent. Character. Um, and it can go, yeah. Yes. Appropriate. Um, and it can go faster, which we saw a few cases of in the early two thousands where people were going from stage one to stage three in a couple months, as opposed to like nine or 10 years. Mm, um, yeah. So it, I mean, it is possible to have, to uh, have none of the medications work extremely well, but there are a ton of different um, combinations of medications now that generally like you'll be able to find one that works for someone. But when people start missing doses and then it becomes resistant, like that's when it becomes a problem. As far as I know right now, and I could be wrong, I don't think that there are any strains that are like super prevalent that, uh, that they can't do anything for. Okay. Because I had read an article that said that there was a case of super AIDS, super HIV that had popped up in the Philippines. But maybe this is because, you know, the Philippines is technically a third world country and it's not being like treated properly, like you said. Right. So it it did progress quickly. Now, what was the reason for it progressing so fast in the 2000s? Was it just the medication was not as advanced as it is now? I do not. I don't know the background. Yeah. I don't know the background yeah. behind it, but I think that they've been, that it's just been like specific case studies. So kind okay. of like random people here and there. I don't believe there has been anything where it's been like 200 people have gotten the same strain and it's knocked everyone out in a couple okay. months. Okay. Plus maybe your seeing the word super incorrectly. Maybe they just mean like really good. <laughs> um, I have AIDS, but it's, it's kind of super. Like super AIDS. It's kind of super. I know. I see it's it's really funny with the, like the language too because it's like positive. You know, yeah, this yeah, has yeah. a whole, yeah, I'm positively super. You know, it's just like a wonderful, a delightful, you know, melange of a vocabulary. You know, it's like, what's next? Oh, it's a muffin, you yeah. know. Um, like, we're have, feeling positive about this. Oh, like good? Like, oh, no. <laughs> no, you yeah. definitely have it. I have muffin AIDS. It's really bad. <laughs> no, it's not cupcake. It's muffin. Because no, no, no. people think it's healthy, but it's not. <laughs> well, we've run out of words, you know. Yeah. And I feel like um, if we're not going to let gay people have cake, we should at least use it to describe a disease that affects gay men. Mm-hmm. Cake AIDS. Yeah. Um, now, going back to, uh, I didn't realize that the prevalence was so high. Of You said it's over 30 million people worldwide who are affected by AIDS yeah. and uh, who, who have died of AIDS. And again, another 30 million who have it currently. Mm-hmm. So like, what's the, what's the odds that this could like wipe out everybody in the planet? I mean, do you think it's headed in that direction? I mean, certainly Africa is not in a good place 
you know. Right. So I don't think it's necessarily headed in that direction right now, but I do think that it's possible that there could be something similar to what happened in the 80s. Yeah. Where there is a strain that just becomes super aggressive and starts taking people out. Yeah. And I think that uh, sort of the common thought now is, you know, is as you were saying, Mike, is like people are not Mike, right? Yes. yes okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can just like look around. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that was so um, delightfully fierce. <laughs> is, is your name Mike? He was very right, savage. Right? Very savage. Like he didn't, he didn't ask key. before he assaulted me and gave me his HPV. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You, you need to at least learn someone's name. <laughs> okay. That's how you I, get consent. Uh, why start now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that sort of the common thought is, as you were saying, like it's not that big of a deal, which, um, which is what a lot of the gay community thinks. I was like, it's not that big of a deal. It's easily treated. So I do think that if something it's more like, normalized, it yeah. is more normalized. Mm-hmm. And I think that if something aggressive did come back and start taking people out, I don't know if people would respond to it right away. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the younger generation is not as nervous about it. Well, I think too, um, I, well, that was one thing I was reading with like the super gonorrhea, why it's such an issue, the antibiotic resistant gonorrhea, um, because it's making people more susceptible to getting other diseases like HIV. And also like within the straight community, I think the consensus is that it's like quite difficult to get actually. And I mean, that kind of thinking, uh, this is something I read too, is like generation Y, gen Y, um, is like actually the pullout generation. That's what the nickname is. So it's like, we don't work and we also just fuck a lot. You know, that's basically us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, so I think like that, that kind of thinking is, you know, also bad where it's like, oh, you know, it's not something I could get, but then, you know, here, here it comes like very quickly, you know, if something comes up quickly and then maybe it's not necessarily being detected right away, which, you know, nothing ever is that that could be a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, straight people use condoms to not get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Gay people use condoms to not get HIV. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the statistic within the straight population of new HIV um, cases? Do you know? So I actually do have it. Let me check my notes. <laughs> um, so uh, in 2015, which I believe are the most up to date CDC stats that have been released, uh, at least with what I found on their website late last night, uh, <laughs> there were in the United States, there were uh, 38.5 thousand new cases last year. Um, and 9,000 of those were heterosexual people. So that's a third. That's a solid third. 9,000 in the United States. 9,000 in the United States of almost 40,000. So around 25% were people that identified as heterosexual. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So I probably do have AIDS then. Never been tested. I'm <laughs> 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 um, just kidding. I get tested once a year. Once a week. Uh, yeah, once once a week. Yeah. I'm like, hi, hey, it's me again, Barb. She's like, you're fine. I'm like, well, we don't know. No, I am not. <laughs> I, gave a, I ate a carrot. So <laughs> am I? I didn't wash it. it. It's also estimated that one in five and one in six people that are positive don't know they're positive. <gasps> That's terrifying. People, people don't get I'm tested. Fucking scream. People do not get <laughs> tested. That's absolutely and you terrifying. You can get tested from home now. Yeah. You can order uh, a kit on Amazon. It's like 45 40 bucks, 45 bucks and do it yourself. I do it every year to myself in front of my students in my class to like show them how easy it is and what it looks like and how to read the results. And that's great. And like show them because it's the same type of test. Most likely if you were to go to like a clinic to get tested, they do the same thing. 
Wow. They just swab the inside of your it's mouth. It's just a little swab. Yeah, some places so, will prick your finger and take a drop of blood, but it's the same same type of thing. It takes 20 wow. minutes. Wow. Wow. One in five people doesn't know that they have mm-hmm. HIV. That's very terrifying. You can go for a very long time without symptoms, yeah. or when you first seroconvert, you have flu-like symptoms, so people might just think, oh, I have the flu, and then you may not have any symptoms for, like, years. I I'm, I yeah. also know that one by heart because like every time I sleep with a new person, even if it's with a condom, I'm like, do I have the flu? I'm monitoring <laughs> myself. <laughs> I should just carry a little home testing kit around with me, you know, and just be like, hi, you could just take this just take before it. you get this sweet ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a game for us to play first. <laughs> yeah, it's called Taste It. Yeah. You know what's, you know what's I'm just up? slowly tricking a man into taking an, uh, an HIV test. What I like for foreplay is we just swab each other's mouths. For <laughs> and we fun. wait over a test. Yeah. Just nervous. He's into it. He's like, "Ooh, what is it? Karma Sutra?" I'm like, "Yeah." We swab each other's mouths and then we watch an episode of The Office. Well, <laughs> I just kind of sit in a thing that you don't have to worry about. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting. The whole HIV crisis, definitely something we have to keep our eye on because it's like, you know, like we learned, it's like we really can't count on the government to be responsive. You would hope, but it's like, look what happened with Puerto Rico. You know, look what happened with Hurricane Katrina. A plus. We did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could really have been a real problem. You. Finally, someone agrees with me <laughs> like, hey. about politics on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh, help. Help. There's a super, there's a super pandemic going around. It's like, oh, throw paper towels at it. You know? <laughs> but let's talk about um, a horror horrible um, nightmare in American history, the Tuskegee experiments, because Mm -hmm. this is, um, this is something that I think is so interesting uh, because I mean, it's not quite apocalyptic, but the history is very important for the, like a a government's response to an endemic illness. And this is something you said, Tommy, that you talk about in your class. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I actually just taught, um, taught about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment to my class. Like last, I guess, Saturday. I just watched a documentary about it. Um, It was a Nova from the 80s. And it's kind of wild because it's like the 80s. That was 40 years ago. But the TV kind of looks the same, you know. So you're like, oh, I was like, when was this? And like they had survivors, you know, they were like interviewing survivors. And they were interviewing the people that conducted the experiment who were never court-martialed, you know. And one parallel they drew, um, the Tuskegee experiment started like 1931, right? So like Uh, 1932. So, um, nice. pardon I'm me. such an yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> At 32? 32. No, please. 32. You have to correct me because I misinform people on this podcast. I really constantly. hope that someone like asks me though. And is like, it was 31. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually. Well, um, there was a, a interesting parallel that was drawn between this and the Nazi, uh, yeah. experiments during the Holocaust Absolutely. where it's just like this, you know, the Holocaust, obviously very important apocalyptic scenario where people's bodies were being, um, you know, taken ownership over doing all these fucked up experiments, um, Dr. Mengele and et cetera. And those people, you know, they went through the Nuremberg war crimes trials while people here in America and and they pointed it out to their faces because like during the civil rights movement, people are like, you're doing, you're still doing experiments on these black men. Yeah, Um, those, Those people are war criminals. They're, it's crazy, yeah. the people that administered the, the experiment. Yeah, yeah. Well, give us a little background on it, Tommy, just to start us off. Sure. So it is 1932. It is uh, Tuskegee, Alabama, and the government has decided to fund an experiment where they are going to um, take 
uh, about 600 people and see who has syphilis and who does not have syphilis. And instead of trying to do any sort of treatment, they're going to see uh, see how how syphilis works if you just let it run its course. And one thing I had seen from the documentary was that in this small town of Macomb, Alabama, where they got most of the participants, like the instance of syphilis in the small community was 35 percent of people were living infected with syphilis. And I'm actually from Indianapolis, which has an incredibly high instance of syphilis. And at one time was the self proclaimed syphilis capital of the world. I don't know why they were proclaiming it, but it was syphilis capital. It is nice to tell your partner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I'm from Indianapolis. That's just like, that was the euphemism. Yeah. A guy puts on a hazmat suit. He's like, Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So I have sex through a sheet again. Um, so they, they basically go to, to this impoverished community and put out these ads that are like, be in our study. Mm -hmm. And for being in our study, we are going to give you free health coverage. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you health insurance. So for the duration that you're in this study, we are going to take care of your health no matter what happens to you. So these people sign up for the study and they're like, yeah, whatever. Thinking they're going to be given health coverage. Yeah. And yeah. they have no idea what they're really testing for. They don't know that they have syphilis. They have no idea. So they get these 600 people, about 600 people that sign up for it. And um, uh, sorry, 622 total, 431 of them had syphilis mm-hmm. and a hundred and about 169 did not have syphilis. And also what I was seeing on the documentary was that they would call it bad blood at the time. Yeah. So it was like this kind of like euphemism of like, Oh, maybe there's something wrong with you. You don't know. But syphilis is like HIV in a way that it's latent for a long time. So people right. think they're having a normal life, but also these are like undereducated sharecroppers living in the Jim Crow era South. Right. So like they really don't know. And they're, you know, it's taken yeah. advantage of all so, American, yeah, like all African-American impoverished and are like, oh, great, I'm going to have health care. Yeah. And the way that syphilis works is is like you were saying, it can be asymptomatic, but it also works in stages. So the first stage um, you usually get like 10 to 90 days after and it'll just be like a blister. Just a little bliss. I, I mean, it can it's be a big thing. blister. It can be a, a little blister. Dr. Pimple but Popper on yeah. DLC. Yeah. 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 On the genitals. And then it goes okay. away okay. after <laughs> three to six weeks. So it just disappears. So people that will have syphilis will be like, what the fuck was that? But it went away. So I guess everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Oh God, this um, is how exactly how I would deal with it. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people probably would. Yeah. So then it comes back all over the body in rashes uh-huh. for a few weeks. And then it goes Uh-oh. away. Maybe that just, was the rash I had. You had a ra- you got it from Mike. No, well, God damn it, Mike. Let's not point. Let's not point genitals at who gave who a rash. <laughs> You've been I'm pointing. Yeah. You're pointing your dick at Becky <laughs> right now. I'm put it away. Okay, I, I love it, that this episode became plotty. We're like doing history, and now it's just like Mike's infected everyone. Is it Welcome my fault on the, the front of my body? Too. <laughs> a bunker level <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> um, but then it gets yeah. when it gets advanced, it's much so worse, then when right? It's advance it's in your body though so you don't really see symptoms outside but you can go blind uh it it affects uh it can affect your brain your uh bones joints uh you can have dementia you can die Whoa. from it like it becomes like a big deal it's it starts a, to beat up all of your degenerative organs. illness and we know that because of this study right so study starts in 1932 and in the early sorry in 1947 so 15 years later we know that penicillin will take care of it. 
Well, they had a rudimentary treatment available at that time. Isn't that correct? But it, it only worked for like 30% of people. It was basically right. like arsenic. Mercury. 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 Yeah. But I think what I read was the government had kind of started to treat some people and then the depression hit and they were like, ah, well, whatever. We already told these people we're treating them. So let's just then, you know, you know, of course, there's like one psycho guy that no one's checking the power. Um, yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's just like push it along. Yeah. So the study keeps going. They know that penicillin can stop it in 47 and they just don't give it to the participants. So the participants don't know they have syphilis. They're not giving them treatment for it. They also the people fucking running this study went around the town and talked to all the other physicians and were like, these are the people that are in our study. If they come to see you, do not treat them. Send them to us. Yeah, it's wow. so like wild. so they couldn't get treatment from anywhere. They didn't know that anything was even necessarily wrong with them and we were just continuing to like sample like their blood and everything else and find out what was happening to their bodies and essentially just like w- watching them die. And it's so wild because it's like, you know, you think about like we were talking earlier with the the AIDS crisis, you know, we're like, "Oh, you know, who who knows where AIDS came from? Like, did it come from Africa?" You know, there's, you know, of course, we don't really know. There's a lot of speculation, but it's like, was it introduced by the government? government was it introduced by the cia and mm-hmm. you want to say like no that's kind of crazy and it's like a little bit crackpot you know but then it's like well we have historical evidence that not only were these people you know lied to they, you know and of course there's laws against that now and there were also then you know there's like a weird yeah. loophole they're like well you never told us we couldn't like infect people it's like we did chuck yeah we said it okay <laughs> that's, chuck. Well, that's well, so crazy to like have the doctors in the town and on it too so you're like doctor why do i have all these blisters on my hands like, nothing to see here <laughs> You were in the sun fine. for too long. Get out of yeah, here. he's like, mm, I don't know. He's like, why am I going insane? No, no, wear gloves. Know. Get out of here. <laughs> and um, uh, even these people, so they thought they had free health, uh, free health coverage. So they would go to this place. So even if they had something else that wasn't even syphilis related, they would go in for treatment and they would just give them placebos and say that it was to take care of it because they didn't want to like muddy up their results by giving them medication for other things. They really just wanted to see what would happen to these people. So you, th- you you're thinking, what a mind fuck. You're thinking you're getting free health care you're thinking you're getting you know taken care of and basically you have the worst illness and it keeps getting worse truly the opposite yeah and it goes on until 72 72 yeah 70 fucking two so what is that 50 years 25 years after 25 years after when they had penicillin and knew that penicillin would work on it for 25 years and the only reason that they stopped it was supposed to continue i think ultimately the goal of the study was like to watch everyone die yeah. and see mm-hmm. how they died. Like they were not planning on stopping in 72, but this guy found out about what was going on. Uh, Peter, I have his name here, like Peter B is something. I can't yeah, even it's like kind of a civil rights era, you know, like blowing the roof right. off. So he finds out about it and he goes to the U.S. Public Health Service, which had funded it, and they and they determined by the committee that it was okay for the study to continue. What, really? Yeah, so it was actually like he brought it up. He's like, you guys, you have to stop this. This is really ridiculous and they were like no we're just gonna i think it's fine they like voted on it oh or some I, I saw something about this in the documentary yeah. they said that they're they're like well there's probably nothing we can do for the people now and if we tell them they'll just get upset <laughs> no yeah. 
shit. This is yeah. like, well, this isn't your like boyfriend that you cheated on. Yeah. You know, you're like, I can't tell Frank. He's just going to get mad and break the, the piano again. Well, I was in Cancun and I gave you syphilis and let it run wild for 40 years. And I just wanted to see what would happen. Sorry. It's not- I was curious. <laughs> so, so this guy goes to the press and is like, this is what's going on. And it explodes. And it was only public outcry that got them to stop the experiment. Yeah. And that's how it always is where it's Truly. like people are being like, what the fuck are we doing? God damn it. And that's what you learned in the AIDS crisis, too, was like once all of the protests started and, you know, uh, act up happened, that's yeah. what really stopped. That's what really started medical action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I feel like we've done, you know, and that's what that's what happened with the Ebola uh a crisis in 2014 also where it was like it finally got to the news level that people were like we have to do something we have to do something and it wasn't until you know already 11 million people had died mm-hmm. and 30,000 people had been affected or um, 11,000 Jesus I'm like really <laughs> <laughs> that was a really a good one people, 11 million from Ebola yes yes 11 million prove otherwise and that's why you know it's like yeah <laughs> okay here's a here's an internet <laughs> right, here, right here that's why you know it's like I feel like we've talked about this on here before. It's like, you want to think that we're like, if there's a pandemic, we're going to know and we're going to be able to prepare and like go to the woods or whatever. But it's like, man, it really doesn't seem like that will be the case when you look at history. Most likely we won't. Truly, Most likely the government will induce it, you know, to probably like thin the herd or, you know, whatever, or just study us. Yeah. Or you're one of the first people to have it. And they're like, well, we need to see what happens. What's the natural progression? Yeah, so and like, you're like, oh, wait, you have yeah. wait, I'm yeah. a comedian. I have dreams and goals. <laughs> That's like, why you should get a gun. Yeah. And never go to the doctor. Never go to the doctor. Two okay. minutes of my life. Because if you don't go to the doctor, they can't just give you something. Yeah. Like a disease. And if you have a gun, <laughs> you'd be like, get away from me. Get away from <laughs> to me, the doctor. doctor. To the doctor. Yeah. Just, I, Mike <laughs> is using his finger as a gun now. Anytime, just a, a anytime I go to the doctor, I hold a gun to him and I go, give me the... Only what I need. Zithromycin. <laughs> yeah, zithromycin. I'm surprised you've been to the doctor, honestly. Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a little bit that was a little bit of fantasy for a joke. <laughs> to be honest. A little backstory. Yeah, yeah. Mike went to the doctor once with a gun, and that's why, <laughs> yeah, that's why that's he doesn't fine. have that's healthcare. Why he doesn't go anymore. And now yeah. I'm the doctor. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's your medical degree. I wear the yeah. coat. I got the little weird uh, me metal thing on top of your head. Give me yeah. your coat. I want it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Do we have any other things that we want to talk about? I feel like there was one more thing. Yeah, the Tuskegee, the Tuskegee. Um, I'm upset that I had to infertility. I watched, I watched the, the video about the Tuskegee yeah. experiment on the train. Yeah, uh, because I didn't realize it was going to be so gross, and so many people would be around me, and it looked like I liked the video. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I like when this happened. Well, 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 what's this? Hey, uh, remember this? <laughs> I'm just on the train in Bushwick and I'm like, hello, <laughs> me, I'm, t- I'm the Tuskegee guy. You, oh, you didn't have headphones in? You're just like watching a loud <laughs> oh, video. I hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> you're the guy and you're trying to get recognized. Yeah, like, a, hey, remember this? This I'm is like, me. Showtime, everybody. Showtime. And I just start oh dancing to the Tuskegee experiment video. <laughs> well, this is. That would um, be amazing. Yeah. That, would act, like, that would actually be yeah. hilarious. And everyone's like, God, white people. People yeah. are really <laughs> awful. You're like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the other joke. white person's turning. They're like, I'm sorry. I don't know. He's not from here. He's, He's not definitely here. not from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. um, now, this is one other thing I wanted to talk about, too. So it's like a lot of these STDs, particularly the super gonorrhea and the super chlamydia, which I know somebody who got super chlamydia and he or she asked me to not talk about it. Yeah. So, so what sorry. So what you're doing is talking about it. <laughs> um, but this is for, you know, educational purposes. But a lot of these um, uh, these STDs can 
long-term affect fertility. And we are already also in an infertility crisis. Male fertility has declined by 50% in the country and it's on a slow decline. Yeah. Mike, you should never be a father. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to kickstart my vasectomy. You're just like holding your phone by your balls. Your, <laughs> yeah. friends, your girlfriend's like, what are you doing? Well, you're starting a Kickstarter. I want to start a Kickstarter for my vasectomy. Crowd, crowdfund my vasectomy. Oh, how much does it cost? It's about a grand. That's, that's not that bad. That's nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people would think that's a lot of money. Why don't you just... <laughs> <laughs> Some of us here don't have a grand to throw around no, but that's for a, a penis that's surgery. A infest, investment. That's a it's lifelong. It's an investment. I think it'd be fun. It's like a down payment yeah. on a house. But but yeah, I mean, I feel like we we just like scratched the surface of this topic last week because this is kind of like a twin episode with our, our previous um, uh, with infertility and how this could kind of create a an apocalyptic scenario, which I think this is like a bit more alarmist. This is like a bit further down into the realm of fantasy, but like mm-hmm. the childless future. And do you like with your work in STDs, like have you seen like an increase in infertility with the recent like epidemic that we're in now? So I, I'm not super familiar with, with that. Mm-hmm. However, I have heard theories about pornography being tied to infertility. Really? So, um, so I also research pornography. That's another passion of mine. <laughs> As, yeah, I've been doing a lot of research lately. <laughs> STIs and pornography. Uh, you know, just the best two things to ever match together. You just together. watched The Deuce. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, love Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm doing my barber my dissertation that on that. Um, <laughs> so John Ronson has this really great series called The Butterfly. The Butterfly fly effect which is all about the porn industry mm. and there has been research that has shown that since the uh beginning with the explosion of pornography on the internet specifically with Pornhub, um that the fertility rate of men has gone down wow and that it has to do with like that people would rather watch porn than have sex if they're not able to achieve erections and have sex if they're not as aroused by real life sex so people are not having sex as much yeah I feel like it's going to be like, I mean, it's definitely that. I think it's also like we talked about last week, a lot of pollutants in the environment, yeah, hormones, um, you know, mm-hmm. hormones, um, different like electrical energies, you know, swirling around cell phones, things like that being by the nuts, um, affecting the tiny sperms. Um, that's a medical term. Tiny uh, sperms. As opposed to the one big, large sperm. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes it's just one big one. That was a kidney stone. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it's my sperm. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, if this were to get into an apocalyptic scenario, it would probably be like a perfect storm, right? Of like people are infertile because of the STIs. Also, fertility rate is declining as well. And then the environmental factors. I think I think that this is. We, you know, what we talked about today, I don't feel like it's going to be, you know, uh, its own apocalypse, but I feel like with a lot of other factors, like, you know, the, um, food chain collapse, mm-hmm. the global warming. I think this is going to be, this will probably contribute. And I think, I feel like I'm getting to the point now we've been doing the podcast, you know, 30 some episodes or 87 is what it feels like, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to not be just one apocalypse. It's going to be like the financial collapse, the infertility, the STIs running rampant, people not taking care of themselves. And then, you know, it's just going to be a perfect storm. That yeah. just seems like you're describing me. <laughs> <laughs> a financial collapse and then, 
SDI. You have me a financial collapse. You have me a financial collapse. And then you fucking you have a weird thing with your dad. And you don't wear pants the correct yeah. size. Your dad <laughs> tells you to shut the fuck up. And that's, you know, a metaphorical ending yeah, yeah, yeah. of your world. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have a few more minutes. But, Tommy, you came up with something really fun that we have to just, like, dip into. You were listening to the superhero episode. And I you was. came up with some super villain sex, sh- sexual transmitted origin stories. Is this is that what you would say? Uh, I think that's a good, that is a much more eloquent way to put it than I was going to. So I'm going to go with that. OK, yeah. love it. This is our segment. This is our segment for today so so throw throw some of uh, them at us and uh i'm dying to hear i just had sex recently you know i'm seeing a new person yes and he probably has aids at now i'm thinking about that that we've talked about it i'm gonna confront him tonight so with, and, when you say he probably has aids i'm concerned is it Do, you okay. <laughs> yeah. mike and i are seeing each other <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this episode does make you like i've been just going back in time in my head this entire episode i'm like okay did did i get aids from that did I get aged from yeah. that or that? So I think I got it from a bus seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet seat. Mm. That's a great origin story. Yeah, you fucked a bus seat and you're yeah. not supposed to be fucking the bus. Well, listen, if they don't want you to fuck the bus, they should have given you seatbelts or something to hold you in the damn seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you floating didn't, around. You didn't get consent from that bus. I know that much. <laughs> well, hey, listen, listen I, that's still not the worst thing someone's done on a Chinatown bus. <laughs> I'll tell you that's, that. true. that's true. There's been Did, murders. There are actually still states in the U.S. where um, legally they can teach kids when they're teaching them like sex education that you can still get HIV from things like a straw or using a <gasps> toilet seat. <gasps> Christ. How? There are See, there are um, under 20 states in the U.S. where the sex education provided has to be medically accurate. <laughs> I'm See, sorry. This that's is crazy. That's absurd. <laughs> there, are, there are three states where if they talk about um, homosexuality, it has to be talked about in a negative way. Now, See, there, there are like this fucked is... up laws around all this shit in the U.S. and the information that people are even allowed to be provided. Like, the spread of misinformation. So this is why we have the STD epidemic that we have now. And that's my concern that it could get worse because we have, you know, especially with like a lot of the legislation that's coming up. Like, what did that crazy guy recently say in Congress? I mean, it's just like, you know, these other guys are like, yeah, like women, you know, can't have abortions now. You know, all these clinics are getting shut down. That's contributing to it. And I mean, now, you know, I just said, I feel like it's not going to be an apocalypse scenario. And now I'm like, no, wait, actually, I did think that. I do think that because it's it's not just um, the STI and the infertility it's the rampant misinformation the rampant intentional misinformation the government contributing to you know people not the lack of sexual well-being i had sex ed from the 16 year old high school students at the catholic high school which i guess was a better option than the nuns at least yeah um but it was just like these these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about I have friends who grew up in Kansas and they're like, they didn't teach us anything. They just said, don't have sex. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Abstinence only education. Yeah. Where, like it's don't have sex. If you have sex, you will get pregnant or you will get a disease. Don't have sex. And that's all you're told. And like, that's not going to stop people from having sex. They're just going to go out and have sex and not know how to protect themselves. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're in one of those states where you don't have to be medically accurate. Just move to a fucking coast. Go, or run, you can go, log run on to a coast. To my, or I guess uh, YouTube to, channel. Yes, yeah. the YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. I've, been, 
Yes. YouTube channel or try, I guess try to fix the state you live in. But honestly, that sounds like a lot of work. So just like move to Chicago just or something. Don't move, don't move to Arcos, though, because the rent is yeah, too yeah, damn yeah. high. Have a sleepover and tell all your friends what a blowjob is yeah. and how to This bunker is like four grand a month and we can yeah. not afford it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we do need federal programs for sex, sex education. We absolutely do. And Obama had actually put some um, had changed some finances around however the fuck that works um, so that programs that were not abstinence only like comprehensive sex education was getting financed and then when we got a new president who's the president um, now uh, <laughs> unclear mm. um, it's unclear right, yeah, I haven't I'm, been out of the bunker I'm for clear. a while um, um, but it's somebody bad is it Oprah Ivanka I don't know um, the, yeah, she's the next the president. funding has been changed around <laughs> so that now abstinence only sex educations are getting more funded Wow, it's so more fucked funding. up. That's so insane. The the pre, the our the president who since John F Kennedy is the one who is the the most full. Of, I got I don't know. It's I'm, I have so many thoughts about Mike how much is sluttiest. The sluttiest. Mike is being shut down by his anger right how now. How much sex. And like how open about sex Donald Trump has been yeah. his entire life being like, I love to have sex with all these beautiful women. And he's like, yeah, abstinence only or whatever, because I'm a conservative now. It like it. Yeah, I'm no flabbergasted sense. about how angry I am thinking about it. Yeah. Well, because that's like that's his base. And the truth is, is when you are rich, you are always going to have access to an abortion. Yeah. That's you just true. are. You can that's afford true. to go to another country where you can get it. Like yeah. they don't care about people that can't fucking afford it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. But yeah, if you are listening, tune into Tommy's YouTube channel because it's very important. But did you want to get let's get to the um, Our let's segment. Get to yes. the segment real quick because yeah. we got to wrap it up. But you throw throw okay. us these so, supervillains. So this was inspired it. by Spider-Man because mm-hmm. he was bitten by a spider. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining like women or men getting bitten by a praying mantis and then killing their partner afterwards. So eating their head. That's like, I love this. This is like an apocalyptic purge scenario Mm -hmm. where you get, you know, get a little bite and then all of a sudden Larry didn't take the trash out and that's it. And you take on the anger of a praying mantis. Then it's just angry wives and then they fuck each other and then they're all gone. This all sounds like my kink. (laughs) (laughs) Women murdering me and then having sex with each other over my dead body. (laughs) Sounds like what I was thinking of. Mike's like, finally, somebody takes the power back yeah, Jesus <laughs> that, that was dark. very yes all yeah. women very yes all women i love it oh do uh, oh it's so wrong if i want i want a woman to sex murder me all of a sudden <laughs> oh that's so wrong i'm an ally okay you are an ally um so so that's one of them okay. which i actually found out in this research that i thought that all praying mantises did this apparently it only happens about 30 percent of the time mm-hmm. i'd take the chance but, uh, <laughs> like they have sex and then they're like oh i'm going to be pregnant i need nourishment so they um, eat their partner so that they can give life to the child. Mm. So that's actually to their child. You know, to that's their actually pretty nice. Yeah, so it's sweet. It's kind of you know, sweet. It's sweet. That's I, romantic. If you would have known your father, um, <laughs> he was a nice guy, but he had to guy. go. He was always on podcasts or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started down this road, and then I found out that there are a ton of other species that do like really fucking weird shit when they have sex that can often end in the death of their partner. Oh, really? So there are these Australian ground marsupials called a quoll. Q-U-O-L-L. Qual. Qual. That's probably how an Australian person would uh, uh, say a qual. If I'm saying that wrong, you can let me know by DMing me at Katie Hannigan. <laughs> um, so these guys like look kind of like cute little squirrels. Mm-hmm. 
and then they go to have sex with women and mm-hmm. with women. <laughs> oh, they wow. Fuck women in, the, this is a beast. in Australia. This took a turn. Yeah. No, listen, and that whole that whole country, they're held captive by wild animals. <laughs> <laughs> the most dangerous Wait, animals. I was just uh, getting groceries and these <laughs> little marsupials fucked <laughs> me. So, um, so there are these little guys. They're like seven pounds. They start to have sex and they ejaculate so little that they have to do it multiple times. So they start oh, having okay. sex. Which, I know that's what that's <laughs> right. like. <laughs> Which is not bad. <laughs> okay. Well, it, yeah. hang on. In this scenario. <laughs> okay, well. So the average time will be from three hours to 24 hours. <gasps> and if the female tries to get away, they bite it and hold it down. <gasps> and will sometimes end up killing their mate. This is very, this is violence against women. <laughs> violence against women marsupials. This yeah. needs yeah. to wow. stop. Wow. I don't know if they continue having sex after their partner is dead, but I'm going to say they They probably do, do. those little fucking perverts. Yeah. I know. They're, they're like, I'm not, I'm not done yet. It's like fucking this, this whole, this whole species is just like a bunch of Scott Peterson. I know. I know. I love, we had, like, we had one that was like very powerful for women and now we're like, no. Yeah. All, oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden when the men die, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know I was on that kind of podcast. Jesus <laughs> We have to wrap up, so I have to cut it short. Oh, Did yes. you have one more that you had? Um, oh, I have two more that are so good. Okay, okay, okay go. Let's okay, go. Okay, 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 we're going to burn through so, them. So we hate bed bugs in New York. Yes. Absolutely hate. I mean, people hate them everywhere, hate but them. especially in New York. So the male ones will not look for anywhere to put their fucking penis. They will just shove it into anywhere <gasps> that they can get it, and it will sometimes kill the female. So they'll just like... Well, no shit. Make a, yeah, just right? Like, so they'll just make a hole <laughs> anywhere and inject <gasps> their fucking sperm, and then it goes into the blood. I'm going to throw oh, up. wow. This is fucking disgusting. So that, and then seals... Seals, cute fucking seals. No, there are not some cute. colonies of seals where two out of three of the pups will no die from being crushed <gasps> by the big male seals trying to fuck them. <gasps> oh, and it's so bad that I club them when I go. <laughs> Oh, that's and the, the, that's and the then worst. You can't thing. even use it for a jacket. I know. That's oh my uh, gosh, that's so disturbing because they're 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 getting molested. The seals are molesting yeah. the little ones, and then crush. It's a very, it's very Harvey Weinstein. Wow, Whoa. it's very Harvey. <laughs> oh my well, god, I have full know, body goosebumps. You know what? Me too. See, but for it's like different you reasons. hear stuff like this, and you're like, "Well, fuck the food chain. We've been doing all this work to like yeah. fix the." I know, and then they're doing shit like this. You're like, you know, yeah. just let them. We've been doing all this seals. work. I love Shark Week to fix global warming, spreading awareness, and it's like, well, actually, all these animals are kind of fucking dicks. So, <gasps> bye bye, oh, bye bye. Wow. Well, the one about bed bugs is so fucked up because it's like you would think like they're so violent against the women of their species that they would just like burn themselves out but they're just having a time they're thriving they're thriving you'd mm-hmm. be surprised how much power you get from hating women <laughs> <laughs> they kind of push you forward through a whole life you could take over an apartment for sure yeah and on that note we you have to say goodbye over, you could <laughs> take over a country yeah 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 you could kind of run a whole country <laughs> wow Donald Trump is a bed bug spread the word <laughs> he, oh he's spreading he's spreading <gasps> Tommy where can everybody find you if they yeah. want to get in touch with your work um, so if you want to watch any of my YouTube videos I have a new one that comes out every two weeks you can find it on youtube by searching shit they won't tell you in sex ed or you can go to sexedbythomas.com you can also follow me on instagram at thomas whitfield 84 
Um, and those are the two best places that you can find me. And I post Amazing. a lot of shit. I ask people a lot of questions. I sometimes do live uh, Instagram stuff. It's a good time. I love it. I'm so glad that you came on today. You're Thank such you so a much fabulous guest me. and you're so informative. And I, I watch part of your YouTube channel. and I got to check it out more because I missed a lot of stuff. Um, Micah Brucey. Uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Micah Brucey. I have a podcast called A Little Time and you can find me on YouTube. Uh, with my channel having an STD honestly ain't that bad <laughs> uh, I just kind of like kind of wake up and I go look at that I got HPV but I'm still eating oatmeal isn't that fun uh, <laughs> day to day I, I, I smell a t-shirt yeah okay. <laughs> Gabby you can follow me on Instagram at Gabby is Brian you could follow us on Instagram at the apocalypse and on Twitter apocalypse uh, apocalypse pod and guys yeah. this is our last show in the bunker for a little while me and Gabby yeah. are going to be doing a show from Chicago next yes, week we so look out there. for Escape from Chicago. I'm Katie Hannigan. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, you know, um, whether it's from a huge STD pandemic or, you know, you just slip and fall in the backyard, we're all going to die. So yeah. sleep tight tonight, everybody. Thank you. The podcast is recorded at Remember to Be Happy Studios. We get lonely here in the bunker, so leave us a review and tell us what you're using to survive.